Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live. Great to have you with us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. We always like to talk about the local entertainment and uh, theater scene here in Concord and New Hampshire in general. And uh, we have two people who can do it extremely well here on this support, uh, this uh, edition, I should say, of Kale and Company. On uh, February 17th, 18th, and 19th, the Community Players of Concord will present the 39 Steps at the Concord City Auditorium. Beautiful spot to watch a show. And uh, many of you are, are familiar, I'm sure, with Alfred Hitchcock's 1935 thriller of the same name, but this production uh, will not be quite the same as, as that movie. And joining us today to explain are Ellen Berger. Ellen is the president of the Community Players of Concord. And also with us in studio is the play's director, Kevin Gardner, I'm sure a name familiar to a lot of people uh, listening to the show today. We welcome uh, both of you to uh, Kale and Company. A delight to have you with us. Good to see you, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Ellen, uh, you're the president. We'll start with you. How about that? The uh, the 39 Steps uh, continues the 95th season of the uh, community players and the, the celebration that uh, you're having. Players have uh, an amazing history over those uh, 95 years. You've been a part of it for quite some time. Uh, when did you first get involved? I was encouraged to audition for Godspell in 2009. And at the time, I was having health issues, and I thought, oh, I just can't do that. But I'd always loved the show. I um, auditioned, I was cast, and that was it. I was a goner. That's it. You were. So 2009, so you've right. been there uh, quite some time. What, what did you play in Godspell? That's a, that's a great show. Yeah, it's an ensemble show, and yeah. I happened to play the character who who sang uh, Day by Day. Oh, so wow. It was the, really fun. The hit song from that show. Yeah. Yeah. And the, that is a, a terrific show, and you've done so many uh, great shows uh, over the years with the uh, community players uh, of Concord. And uh, Kevin, you uh, you also uh, go back a, a number of years uh, with the players. I understand you first began as an actor back in the 60s. I did indeed. My parents were uh, deeply involved with the community players. I think I got on that stage for the first time at the age of 12 uh -huh. uh, in a, uh, a now famous production of Inherit the Wind. Um, uh, nice courtroom drama. Uh, but I did, you know, several things back in the 60s, early 70s, and, uh, and then went off to uh, other pursuits, including uh, professional work in the theater. Yeah. Uh, returned in 2007 to direct a production of Metamorphoses, and uh, uh, now with open space on my calendar, I decided to come back and, and direct another one. So I'm doing the 39 steps. After a long hiatus, you are back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that you ever left, but you've always been around, True. but uh, doing doing other things and many other things, and uh, we'll we'll get into that. What were some of the other shows you mentioned? Inherit the Wind, as a twelve year old. What other shows did you uh, did you act in as a member of the Community Players? Oh gosh, well I I did have the privilege of working for the legendary Harriet Strong in a production of. Uh, uh, the Music Man. Uh -huh. uh, at one point, uh, I appeared in a uh, under my own father's direction in 1971 wow. in 
uh, in a drug addiction play called uh, A Hat Full of Rain. And, ah. uh, there were several others as well along the way. Well, you have been uh, involved certainly in the uh, New Hampshire theater for for many many years in New Hampshire theater, which is uh, which is uh, terrific, terrific. From uh, uh, Shakespeare program at St. Paul's School, uh, plays at Plymouth State, and uh, summer theater professionally here in in New Hampshire. And you know, I think for a small state, relatively speaking, uh, I, I think the 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 theater is just. Terrific here uh, in New Hampshire. What, 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 what's your thought? I think that New Hampshire probably has uh, one of the most active and uh, engaged uh, community theater mm-hmm. uh, scenes uh, in the uh, Northeast, certainly. Uh, and uh, although uh, we have uh, perhaps fewer professional theaters than some of the other mm-hmm. states in New England, um, uh, we've, we've always been very, very active on the, uh, on the community level and on the school level as well. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely so. Uh, Ellen, as president, how do you go about, the, the players go about selecting your productions? Is it uh, quite a process? Do you pick it out of the hat? What, what takes place? It is quite a process, and of course we're right now in that process because now is the time when we need to decide what our next season is going to be. And um, those who've been in the players for decades, unlike me, just a decade and a half or so. Um, You're a youngster by, by am, comparison. Yeah, I truly yeah. am. I sit in this group and it's like, oh, I've been here 30 years. I've been here 40 years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of young people too, but um, but the those who've gone before me and are still here um, tell me that we've tried every process there is and then switched uh, because there is no best way. There is no right way. There are just ways. And um, Right now, we're coming out of COVID, so our way is a little different than it's been in the past, but it tries very much to be a collaborative process. It's not a couple of people in a room just deciding. So um, it can be tricky. We all have uh, different opinions and different likes as far as shows go. So we hope to be announcing our next season in about a month from now. Ah, and that's uh, very exciting when you, when you do that. Uh, how did COVID, uh, COVID uh, impact the community players of Concord. Oh, goodness, yes. Um, well, like everyone, we shut down mm-hmm. in March of 2020. And at that time, we were about six weeks shy of, of putting up a show. Um, it was going to be um, Barefoot in the Park. And we had a full set all built. The mm-hmm. People had been building all, you know, for months. And um, that set sat untouched in our studio for more than 18 months. Um, gathering dust, looking like a ghost. It was very sad. Um, in fact, I went in. Um, I went into the studio, maybe a month in, into the whole thing, and I looked around, and it was as if it was like a zombie movie. It was as if people had been there ten minutes prior, and something just sucked them into the air because left behind were jackets, water bottles, scripts. People clearly had been active only days before, and then they were gone. Um, But we actually made extremely good use of the time that we could not appear on the stage. We completely renovated, cleaned out our studio. We did a lot of things that people will never know about, uh, except that I'm telling you today. You are, Um, right um, here. We did lots of internal things. We revised our bylaws, we revisited uh, various policies, we um, 
We established a monthly newsletter, which has been very popular. Um, we went through and um, created a brand book, which is sort of a guide for how you're going to appear in print ads and, and in the public. So we did a lot. And now we have a beautiful studio space that's freshly cleaned, freshly decorated, new floors. Uh, it's just beautiful. And so when volunteers are interested in joining us, and I'm getting a lot of those calls these days, oh, which that's is great. great. Yeah. Um, the first thing I say is, great to hear from you. Let's meet at the studio. I'll give you a tour. And um, that has a magical power because the studio is an awesome place. And I'm now proud yeah. to bring people there. So COVID did a lot for us. Um, we would never want to revisit it. But there are silver linings. But you did take advantage of the time. And how. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. How did it impact you, Kevin, as a as a performer? And uh, how did uh, you know the COVID period uh, in, impact uh, your lifestyle? When they dropped the curtain on all group activities in yeah. March of 2020, as Ellen said, I was halfway through a rehearsal process for the kids at Hopkinton High School uh, in a production. And uh, it's exactly how she described um, it was as though we were all sucked into the air and disappeared from the rooms in which we had been working. Yeah. Um, then about 16 months went by, uh, and because I make most of my living standing in front of groups of people talking. Uh, <laughs> and, and you do it well. Pretty well uh, <laughs> shut everything down on my end of things. Uh, for that entire time period, but we're crawling back now, and uh, it's I think making us more thankful for the uh, for the opportunities that we have. Yeah, I think that that is very true, and as Ellen said, the, the players took great advantage of that uh, of that time, and uh, have new bylaws and a great new facility to to uh, rehearse in and bring people in who will want to volunteer and be a part of it. We've just begun our conversation today with uh, Ellen Berger who's the president of the Community Players of Concord, Kevin Gardner, director of their upcoming production of The 39 Steps, with a twist to those 39 steps. And we'll tell you more about that when we continue. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, and we are presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. We welcome you back. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We always uh, welcome on this uh, program the opportunity to talk about theater, especially uh, local theater. And that's what we are focusing uh, on today with uh, two people who have done it for quite some time. Ellen Berger, the president of the Community Players of Concord. Kevin Gardner, the director of the uh, Players' upcoming production of The 39 Steps. And, uh, you know, Kevin has been uh, a staple in the, uh, and I mean this in a good way, Kevin, of the, of, the, uh, <laughs> of the local theater community for so many years, dating back to when he was the age of 12. And I guess you kind of grew up in a uh, theatrical family. I certainly did. My yeah. father was a performer, of course, and as a director, set builder, and uh, my mother was, uh, and I say this with extreme prejudice, probably yeah. the greatest costumer I have ever worked with. And, and, and it is so integral to uh, a, a production. People don't think about how much goes into it. I, I mean, I really don't. I mean, uh, if, when people you know, come into the theater, they're thoroughly entertained. They see a great show, but uh, they don't know all the work that goes into it. 
uh, behind the scenes. And there's uh, a whole lot of people behind the scenes uh, that, that you will never see, uh, but uh, they certainly put in some, some great work as, as well. And Ellen, you, you can speak to that. You, you're saying that uh, folks are, uh, are lining up now uh, to get into the theater to volunteer. You don't have to be an actor. You could do uh, any number of things in the theater. Oh, goodness, yes. And, um, and they are so important. As co-producer of The 39 Steps, it was my job recently to prepare the uh, show program or the insert that mm-hmm. goes into our season program. Right. And in that, you list everyone who has helped on the show. It's a page and a half of single single space verbiage because it's you know, you've got set builders and painters and producers and designers and costumers and then people that help you with your programs and it goes on and on and even I when I look at that list think holy cow this is a lot of people to produce a show which by the way in the community theater world runs one weekend yeah yeah so you've got people That's... who are working for 3 months mm. on a production waiting for for this weekend and um it's it's pure joy for those of us who are involved and uh, in recent times we've made active uh, efforts to reach out to folks um to say do you want to be involved because there's there's stuff here for you to do Mm -hmm. lots of it and what we're getting is people who maybe did theater in high school or a little bit in college or maybe nothing maybe they're a good painter or they're crafty or they sew or, or they you have, build stone walls ex- build yeah. stone walls like my colleague here um, so there there really is there really is um something for almost anyone to do and um we're having great success in um attracting people who are who are reaching out and we've we have some real finds this year. Oh, my gosh. Some of the people that have turned up and are helping us are, well, I've never done theater since high school. And, oh, my gosh, this woman is wonderful. And she's a master painter. And she can sew. And wow. she's pleasant and bright and punctual. Um, <laughs> very important in the theater. Yeah. Um, so, yes, there's there's plenty of opportunity. And at our website, communityplayersofconcord.org, people can find my email address. And so if any of your listeners would like to be one of those people to even inquire, have a look, um, might this be something I'd like to do in my spare time? Just drop me a line. I'll, I'll get back to you quickly and we'll, we'll talk. And I would imagine there are people that uh, volunteer from all walks of life, really. You know, that's one of my favorite things about community theater, because so many of us, we need in this life to take work to occupy um, uh, an occupation or, you know, do what's needed in life. But there's talent there. There's theatrical talent Mm -hmm. there. And this is an opportunity for everyone, no matter what you do in life, to experience local theater, to, to be part of it. And one reason I love community theater as an audience member is as you sit there and you, you watch people performing and some woman blows you away with this song or uh, this fellow blows you away with his monologue and then you realize he's, he's the Orkin man. <laughs> he is. Exactly. He, he, she's a nurse. Yeah. That woman is my neighbor. I see her at the soccer game. And it the audience really delights in knowing that the people on the stage are just like them. Yeah. And, but they're able, they have this venue, this outlet, to demonstrate their otherwise hidden talents. Mm. And uh, I, I, 
I find that so exhilarating to see these folks, ordinary folks, yeah. um, just enjoying themselves and entertaining me. And, and Kevin, I'm sure you've run into the same thing um, over the years, people from all walks of life in, in your productions that you've had. Oh, there's no question about yeah. it. And the, the connections continue past the uh, direct involvement in any given production. For instance, you and I are sitting here in the KXL studios uh, having a conversation about a play that we're doing in 2023. But uh, in 2008, your daughter, Melissa, was in my class at St. Paul's. Yeah. Uh, in the current production of uh, The 39 Steps, not only is one of our cast members a former student of mine, uh, but also the costumer for the show is another former student of mine. And, and I think one of the things that results from the kind of connections that Ellen's been talking about is that uh, these connections create memories and they create um, uh, relationships and uh, acquaintanceships across uh, uh, different walks of life, yeah. as you say, uh, but also different stages of life mm. uh, as we go along. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, community theater is as deeply rooted in a place like Concord as it is. And you're never too old to get involved and uh, and help out in, in some way. You don't necessarily have to be uh, an actor, uh, an actress, or someone that wants to be on the stage. But as you mentioned, uh, you just uh, recently had a, a volunteer who's a, a great, terrific painter and can sew. And, and all those skills are so necessary. I, I always have heard stories about... You know, somebody ripping something and it has to be fixed immediately uh, uh, behind the scenes, uh, you know, a piece of the, the wardrobe that has gone awry somehow. And uh, so you need those people uh, on, on show nights and, and before for sure. And you talk about the dedication. This is you do, performing this for, for three days in February, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. And you're working on it for three months. So some may ask, why do you only do it for three days? Mm. It's economics. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive to um, to put on the show. You've got to rent the theater. Mm -hmm. You've got to clean the theater. Um, you also need to attract audiences in sufficient numbers that it will pay for the show's expenses. Yeah. And um, that's hard to do, particularly in New Hampshire where we have so many theater opportunities. And nowadays, we have lots of opportunities from your couch as well, <laughs> you, all the streaming services exactly. and what have you. Yeah. So um, I think most community theater groups uh, would have difficulty filling the house sufficiently over a period of two or three weekends. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it just financially uh, wouldn't work. So, I mean, we'd love to put in that extra weekend, but... Um, well, we, we take joy in the one weekend that That's we get. for sure. And a lot of work goes into that. Three months of work into three days of performances. And uh, you do have some community partners, though, that are very helpful in terms of, uh, you know, the economics of, of, the, of the show. Yes, we absolutely do. So um, for every show, we like to have show sponsors, and mm -hmm. hopefully those will be local businesses. Yeah. And in this, for the 39 Steps, we have two we have a New Hampshire Trust Financial Advisors. Um, they're affiliated with Merrimack County Savings Bank, who is our um, presenting sponsor for the entire season. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also have uh, Sanal Napa, another, uh, both of those entities, mm -hmm. um, just long time uh, fixtures here in the Concord community. So we're really proud to have them aboard. And then another community partner is uh, Red River Theaters. They allow us to um, put 
slides on their screens prior to their shows for three weeks. So, and we do other things together as well, fundraising events. Um, so we're very, very appreciative uh, for them and all the other show sponsors throughout the season. And also um, folks that buy ads in our programs, mm-hmm. um, also our individual and corporate donors through annual fund drives. So ticket sales alone do not p- cover the costs of doing what we do. And so we need to have those sort of community-minded uh, donors that will help us. And they do. One of the expenses uh, has to be uh, the royalties uh, of a show. Uh, how, how does that work? Does that come into the decision-making process when you are trying to decide what uh, what to produce? Yes, yes. The overall costs of any production have to be considered. So, for example, uh, to do a major musical, mm-hmm. which we like to do in yeah. the fall if we can, uh, the royalties for those tend to be high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you've got the costs of orchestra and um, set building and costumes. Um, yes, so the bottom line is very much a part of the decision-making process. So a show like The 39 Steps, I mean, the, I think it was written when? In uh, maybe 1911 or something like that originally. Is that is that a show that is in the public domain at this time, or or do you have to pay rights fees for that as well? The uh, play itself is in the public domain, mm-hmm. even though, as you point out, it's from an early 20th century novel. But that novel, Ken, was uh, readapted as a stage play twice before okay. it became the uh, property that it is now. So it actually exists as a separate entity from okay. the original John Buchan novel. So, so there are uh, rights that have to be paid. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes, indeed. Well, we will delve more into that and a whole lot more as we continue. A very interesting discussion today. Always interesting when we talk about the theater and, and how vibrant uh, community theater is here in the state of New Hampshire. Talking specifically today about the Community Players of Concord. Ellen Berger is their president. Kevin Gardner, director of the uh, upcoming sensation, The 39 Steps which will take place uh, February 17th, 18th, and 19th at the uh, beautiful uh, city auditorium, the Audi, in uh, downtown Concord, right, right by the police station. So there's never any, any trouble there. No trouble outside the theater. The police are right there. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues right here on WKXL and NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. Two great guests in the studio this morning, Ellen Berger, president of Community Players of Concord, and Kevin Gardner, director of the uh, upcoming show, the 39 Steps. So, uh, Ellen, uh, how, how many shows do you produce uh, during a season? A normal season for us, um, which we are in the midst of, thank mm-hmm. heaven, yeah. again, uh, is four. So in October, our children's theater project, which is our youth wing, they do a fully staged production at the Audi. All of these shows are at the Audi, actually. Then in November, we like to do a full-scale musical. In February, we do a show, and in May. 
We also have a couple of children's theater camps. We have one coming up uh, during this February school vacation, and there are still slots available, by the way. Okay. They'll be doing Willy Wonka Jr., yeah. so people can go to communityplayersofconcord.org if they want to learn more about that camp. Um, uh, and let me think. And then we do another uh, children's theater camp in the summer. That's for a week in August. So that's sort of the template. Mm-hmm. for our season. Four shows at the Audi plus two children's theater camps. Occasionally we'll do additional shows at Hatbox Theater, um, but that's a very ad hoc kind of thing, year mm-hmm. by year. Yeah. It's very ambitious. It's a very ambitious schedule. It really is, especially yeah. when you look, as I say, at that list of folks involved in any one production. It's impossible for people to be involved in all of them because mm-hmm. you would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do it. <laughs> um, so um, the the staffing of the shows um, is a challenge because they go one after the other, and they imagine. overlap. Yeah. Because uh, when the 39 Steps moves over to the city auditorium this weekend, a few days later, auditions for the next show yeah. are occurring in the studio that this gang has just vacated. So we're right now promoting the upcoming auditions for our spring show, Not a Word, yeah. while... We're reaching the crunch time for the existing show. Not only that, but the sh- uh, the set for Not a Word is cu- currently being constructed, uh, even as we speak. So uh, you are uh, already actually started to work on that show. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. And, and the auditions are coming up soon, as you mentioned. So for anyone uh, listening that might want to audition for the next production that the community players uh, have scheduled... Uh, what what's the best way to go about it? Oh, absolutely. Visit our website, and in under the Get Involved tab, you'll find auditions, and all the information about the auditions are there. This show, Not a Word, is an original um, comedy by a longtime member of ours, uh, Wally Pino, who was a recently retired New England College theater professor. Oh. So he is um, he has written and is directing this play. It's a large cast music, um, not a musical, large cast play about um, Tinseltown in the 20s. So it's before oh. it's before uh, the movies learn to talk. But because it is an original show, we want people to know what they're getting into. So if they visit that website page regarding auditions, they will find a video from our director, Wally. They'll find um, excerpts from the play that they can read. There's actually a link to the full script this time. Mm, So folks can really read about what the show is going to be and really can prepare for auditions if they wish. Now, normally, we don't do it that way. Folks show up and they say, okay, what are we doing? And it's up to the director to decide how he or she will audition the folks. But in this case, um, we're giving people a lot of upfront information because it is original. And we want to assure them uh, that this is something for them or something they, that might be for them. Are you ever surprised about the, the, the amount of talent that there is uh, in this state? Is that, does that surprise you, Kevin? Uh, not really. No? No. I think that uh, people uh, have abilities that they aren't necessarily expe- uh, expressing in their uh, ordinary daily life uh, all the time. Um, uh, we saw uh, an enormous number of uh, extremely talented people when we were auditioning for this uh, particular production, but that seems to happen every time. Mm. Uh, uh, not everybody who has uh, theatrical ability goes into it as a profession. 
and so one of the things that the community players does is give an outlet to those who uh, have a, quite a lot to offer as far as being on stage or working on backstage things uh, uh, to express themselves. Uh, so no, after all these years, yeah. it is not, a not surprise surprised. At all. Yeah, and and so during the audition process. Uh, for those who might be, uh, obviously, everybody you know gets butterflies when they audition, no matter who you are. I would imagine. Um, not, yeah, I've, I've never auditioned myself for a, a theatrical performance. Uh, but uh, what do you what do you have to go through? How how sh- what's the best way to prepare uh, for an audition? Oh, that's a really good question. I think you need to uh, because different directors and different organizations run auditions in different mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, uh, it is uh, sometimes necessary to have uh, some sort of material previously memorized uh, that you can perform for those who are uh, uh, looking to cast a uh, a production. Uh, at other times, it's uh, simply cold reading. In other words, you pick up a thing you've never seen before or haven't seen very much of. Uh, and do some reading from it, which is what we did for this uh, this particular production. Yeah, and and it does have to be nerve wracking for those people, especially those who have never done it or haven't done it since, let's say, high school, and they're doing it twenty or thirty years later. So they have to get uh, back in, into that uh, into that mindset, I guess. So, and uh, well, best place to do it, uh, you know, check out the audition process uh, with the community players of Concord. So Kevin, as the director. Uh, of the 39 steps this adaptation of the 39 steps a little bit different than the hitchcock movie that that we've seen since 1935 in some cases that's a mild way of putting uh, a mild it, way of putting it huh? <laughs> little monty python in there i see well there is a yeah. probably more than a little of that really uh, yeah. you know uh, hitchcock's 1935 film uh, it's important to remember that this was this is a film that was made between the wars what it uh, is concerned with is an, uh, uh, a uh, man who is a falsely accused of murder by a spy ring, uh, uh, which is clearly in the production uh, a German one. But remember that in 1935, World War II had not begun. Uh, and so the uh, Hitchcock's movie does not mention the Germans, but the evil spy masters are all German. No. Okay. Um, so uh, Hitchcock's <laughs> walking a bit of a fine line here, uh, but he is presenting uh, this story, uh, which I've described as an 80-minute chase scene, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, as a uh, straight drama, as a thriller. Yeah. Uh, the 39 Steps to Play is something quite different. Uh, it is more of a parody. It's a farce. Uh, it is extremely high speed. It features only five actors playing almost a hundred characters, yeah. um, uh, switching madly from scene to scene and sometimes even within scenes uh, to prevent, uh, to present, <laughs> not to prevent, hopefully, uh, to present a, uh, a story that um, uh, appears to be a spy thriller, but is actually a kind of loving parody of all Hitchcock movies. It's oh. full of references to other movies, oh, okay. not the 39 Steps, but yeah. rather things like Rear Window and North by Northwest and all those famous uh, Hitchcock films. Uh, there's a little quote from Psycho in it. and wow. uh, And so those who are uh, inveterate Hitchcock fans will find all kinds of things to remind them of uh, the master's entire oeuvre and not just uh, his uh, 1935 film. Hitchcock was already making films uh, even before the 
um, uh, the era of talkies came in. Uh, and so he really bridges that gap. And mm. one of the interesting things about working on the 39 Steps is that it partakes of an acting style uh, that you and I remember as being very prevalent in old films, uh, but is no longer used uh, in today's films. And so uh, it's not just a loving parody of uh, Hitchcock himself, but also of an entire genre of film acting. Yeah, and uh, as, as Kevin mentioned, only five people in the cast, but playing uh, over... Uh, 100 characters. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that, that is pretty amazing in itself right there. We'll, we'll find out uh, how that uh, happens uh, right after we take a break here on WKXL NH Talk Radio. It is Kale and Company Live. Great to have you with us today. Great to have uh, Ellen Berger here, president of Community Players of Concord. Kevin Gardner, who is the director of the upcoming show, The 39 Steps with a Twist. And uh, But if you're a Hitchcock aficionado, you will love it. And it's coming up the uh, 17th through the 19th of February at the uh, City Auditorium in downtown Concord. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues right after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. Kale & Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Presented by our good friends at Northeast Delta Dental. You can uh, learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. And uh, in the studio today, Ellen Berger, president of Community Players of Concord. Kevin Gardner, director of the upcoming show, The 39 Steps. We talked about uh, the cast of five and how many characters they they pr- uh, portray through the uh, the course of, of this uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know uh, thirty nine steps uh, with the little Monty Python mixed in and uh, it, it's if you're a Hitchcock fan you're going to love it I, I think even if you've never heard of Alfred Hitchcock you'll probably enjoy it as well what do you think is that a, an accurate assessment absolutely yeah. accurate. <laughs> It's just a crazy uh, uh, thriller-type piece um, uh, in which uh, actors may change hats and thus change personalities at the uh, uh, drop of a hat, you might say. Yeah, I guess so. So tell us about the uh, extremely talented cast uh, that you have. Well, I'll let Kevin take most of this, but I just want to say I sat in on auditions, and uh, we had lots of very talented people come out. Kevin uh, chose these five, and then days later we sat down for a read-through. That's customarily how Mm -hmm. we begin. And I could not believe how good these five actors were. Several of them have not been on the stage in 20 years. Wow. They did college and school, um, and they were really quite nervous coming into the audition, you could tell. But heavens, oh my gosh. This is a cast who um, looked at the script, which is extremely wordy because it's fast. Yeah. They go boom, 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 boom. And uh, wow, they're saying, wow, this is a lot to memorize. Again, folks haven't been on stage in a while. These people got rid of their scripts. We call it going off book. It's the point in the rehearsal process where no scripts. You know, you have to go from memory and call out asking for lines if you, if you stumble. This cast was off script, off book, a full two weeks prior to the deadline for doing so. Mm, wow. Unheard of. And with this level of intensity and speed and switching, 
um, truly amazing. But at that read-through, I sat there and I closed my eyes and, and listened. And even the texture of the voices, mm. beautiful, particularly as Kevin says, this is a style of acting that they're lovingly parodying. Um, and, you know, the men's voice are these booming baritone voices. And with all these crazy accents and um, mannerisms, they're nailing it. And I, I, I just couldn't be prouder to be here um, promoting this show and hope folks will turn out because these folks deserve it. That, that is terrific. Rapid-fire dialogue. Not, not easy to do uh, whatsoever. So, uh, Kevin, tell us about the, the folks you have in the cast. You know, Ken, I saw something uh, uh, getting ready for this <clears throat> uh, production that I've never seen before uh, in uh, something along the lines of 50 or 60 years of directing productions. Uh, uh, we ran two audition uh, uh, nights. Uh, the first uh, night we, we saw five people, and the next night we saw 14 people. Um, the initial five people who walked in the door turned out to be the cast. Wow. And the reason that that happened is because uh, of uh, as nervous as they may have been sitting down to do a cold reading of this uh, script they had never seen, uh, they made an instant connection with each other in terms of listening to each other mm. uh, and responding. Um, uh, that was so broad that we began to uh, speak of simply casting those five right from the start. Now, it would have been unfair not to take a good look at the at the uh, 14 who came in for the second audition, and some of them were extremely talented, but the fact is that uh, those first five people who walked through the door uh, had a kind of connection not only to the material but to each other that made it impossible not uh, to cast them. And as, as Ellen says, they have performed uh, magnificently throughout the rehearsal process, and I expect that to continue. Well, did any of them know uh, each other before they came in for the audition? Uh, yes, two of them did. Uh, okay. uh, the others were all strangers to each other, but yeah. uh, uh, two of them, uh, Julia and Daniel Kerr, uh, our brother and sister, oh, okay. uh, and uh, simply showed up together to audition. Uh, but having those first five people who walk through the door become your cast is something I have that, never that, seen before. Has to be highly unusual. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Ellen, in, in addition to the five people that will be on stage and be visible to, to everyone, how, how many working behind the scenes? What what kind of a uh, you know a project is it behind the scenes and 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 I mean not only on the nights of the production but uh, building the sets, uh, the costumes, and and all of that. What what kind of a you know a, a company are we talking about? An army. Yeah, <laughs> it's an yeah. army. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, because they're because from sets, costumes, uh, publicity, all of the things that go into the production. Yeah. Most of these folks are working. We do have a lot of retired people. Shout out to the retired folks. Mm -hmm. um, we love having them because they can work during the week, during the day. Um, when our cast is busy rehearsing in the studio during the weeknights and it becomes unavailable for those outside tasks. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just dozens and dozens of people. And, uh, and the producers, uh, like myself and my co-producers, uh, Waylon Bunnell and Sharon Sweet and Alwyn Fine, um, we sort of hover over the whole thing um, to make sure that the different pieces are, uh, are doing their part because now's the time when all the puzzle pieces have to come together and fit together. Come show week, or this weekend uh, is what we call move-in weekend, mm -hmm. and we'll have a small army of people there yeah. loading up a truck 
um, taking everything we need from the studio, um, bringing it over to the Audi, um, setting it up there, and then there's an entire week, every single night, these folks will be down there um, doing what we call tech, tech rehearsal, mm. putting together the lights, the sound, uh, the staging. And um, that's when you really understand how many people are, are, have been behind this, working out of your eyesight during, yeah. during the process. No. But it all comes together. And then we need a whole batch of ushers, so another you know, 12 That's, people join yeah, us at yeah. the end, um, which is an easy way to get involved, by the way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's countless. And, you know, it's been interesting coming out of COVID, and you'll read this anecdotally and talk to folks. It, it's been difficult to persuade volunteers to get back in the game. A lot of us have become very accustomed to our couches and the insides of our homes and not committing to things. Well, maybe, I'm not sure, and except for travel. People are traveling. But, um, you know, to get folks to come out and get back to what they used to be doing, um, it's, it's a universal challenge right now. So luckily, it is happening, but we have had to really kind of goad Come on now, you can do this. You have the time. You love to do this. Um, so uh, this is part of the reason why we've been actively seeking volunteers. Not only that, we you know we have lots of folks who've been with us so many decades, and now they want to go to Florida in the winter and spend yeah. weekends with the grandchildren on the Cape. Um, so um, yeah, it's it's a challenge, but it's so rewarding when we get to this stage of the game where. We are staffed. Everyone is doing their job, and we're really coming down to that exciting show weekend that we've been working toward for months. And it is very, very exciting. It truly is to roll out a production uh, like this and, and the four that you do, uh, you know, every year, which is uh, truly amazing and extremely challenging to do all involved. I know uh, Concord TV's uh, YouTube channel has a terrific documentary on the history of the uh, community players of Concord. Yes, they, yeah. they spent a year researching, writing, producing this film. The players um, have done a pretty good job since 1927, when we were founded, of uh, keeping photos and minutes and show programs and the like. But, you know, until recently, things could not be digitally kept. Right. So piles and piles of material were there. And um, Concord TV did us and the community a huge favor by devoting that kind of time. They had a, um, a supporting grant from um, the Humanities Council um, that allowed them to do this work for a year, pulling together all of these pieces and telling the story of the players beginning in 1927, coming all the way up through through the wars, the Depression, mm. um, ending with COVID. Um, and it is an amazingly interesting piece and very well done. It goes very quickly. Um, Kevin appears in it as one of the panelists at one point, given his history. Um, it's a fascinating piece. We uh, filmed it live uh, as part of the Walker Lecture Series at the City Auditorium. Right. Yeah. And then weeks later, it was filmed at Red River Theaters, or screened there, um, as a fundraiser, and now it can be viewed uh, on YouTube. If you go to the um, Concord TV uh, website, 
uh, there's a link there. I'm sure there's a link at our website as well. And I do encourage folks to look at yeah. it, especially when new volunteers come in. I say, take a look. Take a look. Because this will let you know how embedded and established this group is. And you'll get to know the shoulders on which we stand. Yeah, oh, it is fabulous. It really is to be involved uh, in the theater, and uh, the, the documentary is, is terrific. Did you, uh, Kevin, by the way, uh, save that, that program when you first appeared? Was your name in the, in the program? Do you still have it? I do. Huh? <laughs> I do. You got me there, Ken. Oh, that's great. I mean, you know, I, I, I have, you know, similar things from, you know, things I did as, as a youngster. Now, you know, we, we've run out of time uh, pretty much here, and We've only scratched the surface, but Ellen, what's the best way for people to get tickets right now? Visiting our website, communityplayersofconcord.org. We also have box office hours that'll um, be 90 minutes before each showtime, also the Sunday prior. And all that information is at our website, so that is absolutely the best way. And the website is? communityplayersofconcord.org. And also on Facebook as well. That's Uh, great, uh, Great website, great Facebook page. And a terrific conversation today with, uh, with both of you, and, and we certainly appreciate your time. Wish you uh, all the best. And uh, Ellen Berger, president of uh, the Community Players of Concord, Kevin Gardner, the director of the 39 Steps, February 17th through the 19th at the Audi, at the Audi in, uh, in downtown Concord, the City Auditorium, A-U-D-I. And uh, it's going to be there for... Uh, but three performances, correct? That's right. Friday right. night, 7.30, Saturday, 7.30, and Sunday at 2. All right. And uh, Ellen and Kevin, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank Tr- you, Truly Ken. appreciate thanks, it. Kale and Company, that'll do it for today. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Thanks for joining us. And if you missed any of the uh, program, well, shame on you, but you can hear it uh, again right after 7 o'clock tonight here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Have a great day, everyone.